Marco Bizzari is one of the most celebrated and sought-after CEO of the fashion industry, thanks to a spectacular and quick turnaround of Gucci, and thanks to his reputation of, of a very decent human being. Marco has a sharp, brilliant mind. He is fast, he is fun, he is Italian, and he is very tall, and he never sleeps. In 2014, after becoming one of the stars of the then-called Gucci Group, for bringing Stella McCartney to profitability and for growing Bottega Veneta past the one billion mark, and after a brief but effective role as CEO of the newly created Couture and Leather Goods division at Caring, he was asked by his boss, Mr. Pinot, to help saving Gucci from a slow but steady decline. Marco came along, he listened, he studied the people at his disposal within the company, and discovered an amazing hidden gem. He quickly decided to take the risk and give the then non-star designer who had been with Gucci for 12 years in various design positions, the helm of the brand creativity. Together with Alessandro Michele, the brilliant creative director of Gucci, he has not only saved the brand from oblivion, but he has brought it back to its lost status of one of the most desired fashion brands on the planet, whilst in the process growing its sales to record levels during a time of general flatness and decline. I'm delighted to welcome to Show Studio Showbiz the twice awarded the British Fashion Council International Business Leader Award and my long lost colleague, the President and CEO of Gucci, Marco Bizzari. Marco Bizzari, welcome to Show Studio. Thank, Thank you, you very much for being here. Um, I've, I've read a lot and listened to many of your interviews and, and one of the things that I prefer are your quotes. And so I would like to start from one of those. And you famously once said, if I make a mistake and I get fired for that, I can deal with it. What I could not deal with is to get fired because of a mistake that someone else made me do. Yes. Can we explain to us what you meant? Yes, at the, at the very end, I think that um, in anything that you do, especially, especially in business, but I think as well in personal life, I mean, you need to take responsibility of what you do. And counting on other people's decision, I think, is, a, is the best way to fail. Um, something else that I, I think is very relevant to me is, um, especially in today's world, I mean, I think that the most important thing is, is, is better to ask for forgiveness than for permission, uh, in the sense that uh, if you always look for consensus at the very end, either you, you, you end up in, in not doing things or, you, uh, or doing compromises. And in today's uh, world of business, you need to take a stance. It could be political, it could be aesthetic, it could be anything. But um, I think it's finished the moment uh, of the kind of a marketing gimmick strategy uh, in business. I think, you need to, I think we, what we try to do uh, in Gucci is always to try to follow our passion. And if you want to follow your passion, I think you really need to, to follow what you, what you think and not asking to everybody what they think. Otherwise, uh, it, it, the, the message has become, become diluted as well. That's very clear and I couldn't agree more. However, it's, it's, I would like to explain this. You say not asking others what they think, but then one of the reasons that you keep winning awards and you're so well respected apart from the figures is that you listen a lot, that you 
include the people in, in, in the decision-making. So, the, yeah. do you choose who to listen the, to? There are, no, you know, there are, there are moments in the, in the life cycle of a brand. Um, at the very beginning, uh, when, I, when I joined Gucci, uh, the, the matter was not democracy, in the sense that um, if you want to make a turnaround, if you want to do it quick, you cannot uh, look for consensus. You need to take a decision and you cannot blame other people if uh, something is, is going Doesn't wrong. Work. So it's you that you take a decision, of course, together with the creative director because it's the other part of the, of the puzzle. Um, in that case, we said clearly to everybody, uh, even from the regions, I mean, the geographical regions, I mean, we take the decision, you just follow. We wouldn't want to spend too much time in, 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 in involving you in, in the decision-making process. Then, after 12, 18 months, um, as an example, when everybody, everything was clear in terms of strategy, in terms of aesthetic, in terms of value that we wanted to share with the company, then we empowered a lot, people below. And where I, I, I went a little bit away from the decision-making process, because I have a team that is amazing, it's fantastic, but that was the right moment to do it, where to leverage with the, with the brain and the competence of other people. So I don't think there is just a rule. I think this, uh, it depends a lot from the moment in time when you take a decision. And you need to be flexible enough when you, when you do this kind of management uh, decision to understand where the company is. So now we are in the moment where if I want to keep on growing as a company, I cannot rely just on a decision-making process that started from the top, but I need to, to push down the decision-making process and making sure that the, the, my, my team is empowered to take decisions. So I attend much less meetings now than in the past, mm -hmm. because if I am present, there's a tendency to wait for my, yeah, to, to my, to, for my, influence. my influence too much. Then of course, maybe the decisions that maybe are not exactly the one that I would have taken, but it's part of the game. And not necessarily that they, 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 they are going to be wrong. They could be even better than the one that I was going to take. So you need to accept that if you want to keep on growing at a certain pace. Because if you want to grow at 2%, 3% as a company, I start controlling mm. again everything for, uh, uh, until the last detail. But in today's world, what we see in the industry there's a complete polarization of companies. There are some companies that are growing very, very fast, very successful, and some companies that are falling down. And because I want to stay on the first one. On the fast growing <laughs> ones, yeah. um, And the reason of the success of Gucci is very much, I mean, driven by this way of working, this passion that we have, this authenticity, by maintaining a lot of humility, I think, that is uh, part of the, the value that we share all the time with all, uh, all the employees. Um, I need to make sure that this way of working and management is less control freak than in the past and more empowering people. Because today, in today's world, we have so many information, so many data, and if we start looking at the data and looking at the data to find the right decision, we are lost. There are too many information in the world. So I think the emotional side of the decision-making process is becoming more and more important going forward. That's, that's very interesting. I mean, you probably answered five of my next questions <laughs> in, in, in one very clever uh, or two statements. But, so for me, one of the most interesting things that you've done, and you know, everybody knows that we've been colleagues, so I've known Gucci before and I've known you in your other jobs, but is how you manage to quickly turn around the actual culture of a, of a company that it's 
huge, what, 15,000 people? How many? Yeah, 13,000 people and like um, in, in direct and indirect more 50,000, so in total so, 65,000. And, that, and that, hence my next question is, when you say, you know, it took some time, but then I empowered a fantastic team of executives. So not all of them you chose because they were already there. Some yeah. probably left, some you had to also mm -hmm. make them choose you. So can we say that now the people that are there and they're in command believe in your culture, in what you believe mm. it is, what it takes to be a great leader? You should ask the question ask, to yeah, the team. But to my, impression, point my impression is that, I mean, first of all, I, I didn't change anybody apart one person. I mean, of course I chose Alessandro, but the, the, yeah. the, posi the position was vacant, so I didn't, you know, decision you to, had to rationalize. And, and, and then of the management team, I just ch changed one single person, and all the others were, they were present. Um, it, it's true that um, it was a specific moment uh, that allowed me to take certain decisions, because first of all, I had a lot of experience already. I was uh, very well respected in the group, so I was not an unknown CEO coming to Gucci. I was part of the caring group for a long time, with a lot of support from Francois Henri. You know? Yeah, with two uh, successful previous yeah, CEO roles. Exactly. So, I mean, and, and that, of course, um, the company was not doing particularly well. So, people in the company they were willing to accept changes. Mm -hmm. That is not always the case when the company is successful because, I mean, why you should change something that's going well? It's not, it's not natural. Don't fix want. it if it's not broken. Exactly. So, the idea, uh, and, in, and also I had enough experience uh, to manage a big company like Gucci because I went through Stella that was tiny, then a Bottega that was a little bit bigger. So I had different positioning, different people, different cultures. So it was the right, was the right moment for me to start managing Gucci. Maybe five years ago, five years earlier, it would not be the case. So everything was, it's like a kind of a puzzle that all the pieces went together at the same time. So I think there's a certain um, dose of luck in what happened. Um, I mean, finding and meeting Alessandro has been completely unexpected. It was not in, in any radar of the candidates, Alessandro. So the, the team uh, so was willing to accept the change. It was willing to follow me uh, because of the, my previous experiences, so I, kind of a track record of success. Uh, and I think the, today is um, the team that we have, I think, is very strong, is very, um, has a common, common view, and we are very much sharing what we do. Recently, uh, I made a big change in the organization, like three months ago, uh, that again, was not, nobody was expecting. Um, but I felt that there was a mo it was a moment where the company uh, structure and process became too much control freak. That's typical of the human uh, you know, personalities in the sense that when you are successful and the company becomes bigger and bigger, you feel that you're losing the control of what's happening. So instead of continuing to do what you were doing before and you brought you to the success, you, you tend to ask questions all the time and to control any single activity because you, 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 you think that you're losing the, the, the knowledge of what's happening. Mm. That is exactly what we cannot do if we want to keep on uh, growing and keeping the reason why we were successful from the beginning. And how did you manage not to have that happen? Uh, I, changed the, um, I, I changed the person, uh, the structure, and, um, and, and I, re I reallocated all the activities um, to add other people of, of the committee, so I didn't add anybody else. 
Um, and because the, what I'm, I'm seeing in the organization and in today's way of working is that despite the kind of responsibility that you have hierarchically, what is key is the people work well together. Mm -hmm. Because everything is crossed. I mean, a, a communication campaign is going to touch product, it's going to touch uh, Windows, it's going to touch everything. So people, they need to know that, I mean, of course, they, they are experts in a specific function, but they need to work with the others. And the way in which they agree in the process and decision making should be something that is, is, is due to the fact that he's, he's winning the one that has, no, has more knowledge and leadership instead of just, it's me because I'm, I'm, I'm the king of the because function. Because I've got the title. Exactly. Yeah. So, and that is the kind of, uh, idea that I want to, to push forward and to go back to your question in terms of it was difficult, takes a lot mm. of time, etc. Of course, changing culture is the most difficult thing. And especially when I joined, uh, when I joined Gucci, what I felt there was a kind of a uh, fear of making mistakes and fear of as a culture in, in, as a whole. It, it was not, um, if you it was managed by fear. For it, was managed by fear. Yeah. it was managed by fear. It was managed by, by, by empowerment, Authority, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. so the very first days, um, uh, what, we try, what I tried to do is like to say to people, you know what? You're not saving lives. You, you can create a better life because, I mean, of course, we are in an in, in, in industry where we can, we can give a lot of, uh, uh, of happiness. But you're not, you're not saving lives, yeah, so re not. relax in the sense that take things with a little bit of distance, you are, you are working in an amazing industry and enjoy what you do because if you're able to enjoy, enjoy what you do, the kind of creativity that is spread out is much, much faster and much bigger than the one that you can have yeah. being threatened in an angle because I mean, you, you're not uh, reaching the results and the results and the figures are a consequence of strategies, not vice versa. That so many ways of managing company, but if you go in a company, you start looking at the data, and the data are not good, then you start cutting people and changing processes just for the sake. In, in an industry like ours, where the, the brand and the equity is much more important than the cost, if you look at the, any strategy written in any book of the, of the industry, you can be either leadership in cost, leader in cost, or leadership in the, leader in differentiation. And we are leader in differentiation. We will, of course, we are looking at cost, but that is not the driver, cannot be the driver in our industry. We can, I mean, the margin that we have are enormous because we sell something that is not just a product. We sell a, a dream, we sell, yeah. a, we sell something that you want, you really want to buy into it. And to do so is something very linked to emotion and not to rationality. But you, you now you're very successful, and we all know, we all seen the res amazing results of Gucci, you know, term after term after term. So now you can, I guess, you can sit in the executive committee at caring level and say whatever you want, and they will listen to you. But you know, to go and say something like this at the beginning, even if you were very well respected, and I remember when I was still there, you were, you know, the one to always put ahead. Um, I, I mean, how could you sit there and say, we can't, we can't look at cost, that's not what we need to do to grow? No, I didn't say that we cannot look at cost. What I said is that if you look at the two drivers, where we can learn, well, especially in a brand like Gucci, everybody knows Gucci. What I realized when I joined Gucci, when you touch a button, it's immediately it's worldwide. Yeah. When I was at Bottega Veneta, I was shouting like, like crazy, nobody was listening, because it was a completely different brand. In Gucci, it's impressive, the power of the brand. So it has you, even become a word, right? I feel Gucci. Yeah, I feel Gucci, I Gucci or Gucci-fied. Gucci-fied, yes. the, the, the point is very much about that, is it depends 
according to the brand where you are in. And everybody in Gucci was just waiting. People have been working in the company for like 20 years. They were just waiting to, to the, the company to go back to the previous you know, moment of, of glory. And so it was easy, it was easy in the sense that the company is such an history, such a beautiful archives and so many outstanding values. And, and, and the beauty of the, the change is, is the fact that when we, st we start discussing with Alessandro, we never spoke about millennia, we never spoke about what is uh, going outside. We always decided to, to do what we liked and why we wanted to do it. The sense that before deciding what we wanted to do, we really wanted to say, okay, why we wake up in the morning, we go to the office, which is the reason why you want to, to spend time with other people. Yeah. It's all about you know, respect, happiness, joy, and, and, and then to, to do it, to make it happen, is, is leading by example. Because I, changing culture is not a mandate. It cannot be a mandate. I cannot, I cannot send an email to my employee saying, you know, be happy, be a, respect, change culture, yeah. objective change culture. No, it's very much traveling everywhere and, and showing that what you say is exactly the way which you, you, you behave. So smiling, and again, that is something that you need to have it, you have it or you don't. You ca it comes from the top, though. I mean, yes, you, exactly. if you're not like that, exactly. you don't believe it. Correct, exactly. And, exactly, because the, one of the main reasons why I hired Alessandro was not, or was not just because of the talent that is much bigger than I ever expected, <laughs> but because the person is an amazing person. Yes. The person that you want to, to talk to, go out for dinner. To hang. To hang out, <laughs> and, and then, so, because for me, the culture, the culture was the most important thing that I wanted to change, because from there, I could have built the business and the strategy and created a sense of respect and then fostering creativity that from the very beginning was the objective of the change. In, again, is, if you go back to the early ages of, um, early years of fashion, fashion was all about creativity. All the business related structure came afterwards and became even predominant versus the creativity because the companies became so big and so enormous. So the marketing structure became more important than the creative people. And we see that in many examples, especially in, in, in some competitors. It's, and the more you go in that direction, and despite the size, because everybody's saying, it's easy to do that in a startup, in a big company, it's not easy. But if you think about it better, the power of putting together this, uh, this behavior in a co big company like Gucci, if you're able to do so, the power of 13,000 people compared to a startup, I mean, we have the money, we have the people, we can yeah, attract the talent, we can what do whatever we want. So that is, is, is enormous. So the competitive advantage you can get is so enormous. The point is just how we are able to fuel that. It is a never-ending activity. Because when you think that you're there, you go down. Yeah, so, when you think you're done, you, exactly. you have to stop. So you need, to, you need to make sure that the, this inflection point doesn't happen. So challenging the status quo, pushing people in, in a nice way, but to make sure that they, they know that it's never enough. It's never enough. But what fascinates me about you especially is that you come from a time like me where we were taught about the DNA, you have to be consistent, etc. I yeah. mean, I grew up yeah. in the marketing side Absolutely. and you grew up in the business side, but you started in marketing, right? Yeah, started in consulting, sort of, yeah. Sort yeah. Of, yeah. With this, and then you are one of the few, because I tend to call us or my peers in age, the dinosaurs of the fashion industry that are ruining the fashion industry. You are one of the few that accepted the change also of 
the consumer behaviors, the mm. fact that the digital era brought more freedom in the mm. way we want to consume and, and, and use fashion. But uh, again, you know, it's, it's, it's not, I mean, it's not that easy to convince the world, and it wasn't at the beginning, that Gucci was something and then one day it's completely different. Mm. And I agree with you that you say we're a big machine, we have the money, the people, the power. But I also remember at the beginning, everybody was like, what's that? <laughs> so true. And then you said, I don't care what they think. <laughs> no, you know, going back to the, the beginning of your, of your, of your question, you're, you're very, very right. I, I remember, I mean, like, until five, six years ago, I remember when I was giving an interview and I was checking any single word afterwards of the journalist and I was so angry if something was not exactly what I was saying because I mean, the position was going not in the right direction. Then I realized that today's world is eating information at, this, at the pace that even if you say something that doesn't make any sense, uh, it's going to be rem I mean, forgotten two, yeah. two days. So it, it's more important to create content that is overall in line with the, with the, with the, the brand mantra, with the brand uh, positioning, than staying there and waiting for months, etc. instead of connecting. The, the way in which you communicate and you connect and you engage with, with the customer today is so different from the past. And luckily, we have the possibility today with Gucci to attract the best talents and young kids that are working in our digital Everybody space. Everybody wants to work for you. Yeah, but from a creative standpoint, from the, exactly. At the beginning, I couldn't attract anybody. I didn't, nobody wanted to come to Gucci at the very beginning because they... They, they were scared? They industry, didn't know? Our industry is very small. And everybody knew that in Gucci, the, the, the culture was not the right culture. I mean, people were threatened. Mm -hmm. And that's something that uh, you don't want to work for a company like this. Today, uh, I have tons of CVs on my desk and the best talents in the industry want to, to, to come and work. In yeah, you even thought about coming back. <laughs> More than welcome. Um, uh, what happened in the creative team? I mean, did Alessandro manage to keep the team he was working with? Did, are they the same people? What yeah. happened there? That's one thing that we never talk about. Same team. It's the same team, Completely. the same, same people. It's much bigger now because he, he put a lot of new uh, kids and new energy, new students. So the, the, the team is much, much wider now than in the past. But the people managing the categories are exactly the same people that we had before. Amazing. And that to me is a great. It, because that shows that sometimes some people uh, are not exploited at their best because of the... Well, Alessandro is the exactly, living it's, proof it's one, of that. Example, but I think as well from the, uh, the management team that I have. Uh, everybody looking from outside was questioning the, the strategy and the rest, but you know, in our business, it's absolutely true in any business, I think, but especially in fashion, the, the, the top roles, CEOs and creative directors mm. are really changing the way in which a big company can be perceived or can be, can be successful. So yes, and also, I mean, I think as well, the, the beauty of the way in which Alessandro is working is that he's connecting uh, with, he calls, he calls them creative pioneers, looking uh, to people that are particularly creative, especially in the digital space, and asking them to collaborate with them. He did many, many collaborations with people that are compl were completely unknown before, they became famous afterwards. And if you think about that, and many people are, are questioning about longevity of Gucci and this kind of thing, because I, and then we can go back to the, the, this, this, no, this topic. No, about that, but, but no, but it's very interesting instead. So if you think about that, leveraging in terms of crowd creativity and getting, in today's world, the possibility that you have to leverage on, on talent everywhere in the world, despite the fact that they're working for you full time or not, 
is something that really opens the, the possibility for you to grow uh, and change in the way in which you work. Just because you open the brand, mm. that is something else that mm. is something before was absolutely unacceptable. Yeah, completely. Open the brand to um, external views and, and making them part of the game. So, and then producing the product and putting them in the shop and not doing pop-up that are external to the, to the uh, to the message of the brand, putting them in the creative, in the advertising campaign. So it's very much part of the Gucci, but leveraging different competencies. I think it's a very modern way to look at branding. It's completely unique, and, it, and you can do that only if the creative director has this kind of open mind. It's open to possibilities. It's open to possibilities. When I speak to Alessandro, it's never a no. Never. And, and, and when, we meet each other, when we meet each other, we never, we never talk about work. We never. We just talk about many things. Then, if, when we have a problem, now, of course, at the beginning we were talking about work any single day, yeah. because we didn't know exactly where to go. We would fine tune every single day. But now that is much clearer what we want to do, why we did it, etc. Um, when we have a problem, there's something that we intersect and we overlap in terms of creative and business. Uh, I pick up the phone, he picks up the phone, and we say, no, we have this problem, what do we do? It's always a discussion. It's never, I want that. It's, it's never an imposition. We never impose Alessandro something he doesn't want to do. We never do the same with me. There's a great respect of competence. That is exactly what we're trying to do uh, with all the people. And if we're able to communicate that in, a, in by example, every single day, the power that we can really create is huge. I, think, I, I really hope that the whole fashion industry is listening to this because I believe the relationship between uh, the, the, the business and the creativity, the CEO and the creative director, is essential. And as consumers or journalists or where from outside, you can feel it. And we are in an era where um, designers are becoming a commodity to be hired and fired after one collection. They don't get along with the CEO, they didn't do what the shareholders wanted. Mm -hmm. I think it's really, it's really wrong. So again, you know, you two are a good example of the opposite of this. Yeah, I think that um, there are moments where you need to show to certain people, especially creative director, what happened with Alessandro from the, at the beginning. Because as you were mentioning before, the change uh, of aesthetic and culture was so abrupt at the beginning that everybody was questioning. I remember competitors in the first one month, they were saying, you know, look, it will that, never sell. that beautiful brand was such a pity, what they did. Yeah. And then the second year, 2016, they saw the first good results. It's not going to last. Now they're sending you their CV. Exactly. So, <laughs> And again, at the beginning, the most important thing for me was to protect Alessandro, to protect Alessandro for the critics. Because when you do a change that is so dramatic in a big company of goods that everybody is looking at, consumers were not. How did it? How, sorry, how did he feel? I mean, you needed to protect him, but was he self-assured? Was he? he stopped, yeah, you he, were telling he, him just go. Uh, he, he, he's, first of all, he's not. He's not a kid. He's a, he's yeah, a very much a person, yeah. and of course, that makes makes. I think it makes a difference. Uh, he knew, and uh, we knew that we were going to face uh, critics because it's, uh, the change was so 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 strong. But on the other side, uh, for the, for a certain point, we, we stopped looking at uh, to social because social they were killing us. They, were, they wanted the previous creative director coming back, etc., etc., etc. But we, you know, we, what we said is that. We don't know yet what, if it's going to happen, if it's going to be successful or not, because we didn't know. If it was something that we felt was the right thing to do, but of course, you, you, we don't have the crystal ball. 
I would love to tell you we did exactly what we said from the very beginning. In terms of, in terms of, of, of activities, yes, but in terms of aesthetic communication campaign, etc., it was very much something that Alessandro created day after day with his vision. And, and the fact that he, I, I never spoke to him about numbers from the very beginning, even now, you get bored in a second if I speak about numbers first. And the second, he doesn't need to know about numbers. I mean, as I, now I don't need to know about what he's doing in terms of a collection. He, he deserved a trust in the last three years where he can really try and experiment something new because you see that he's feeling, and that is something that artificial intelligence will never tell us, what is going to happen. He feels something that is happening in the market. He's looking at the consumer and, and, and what's happening in the streets like anybody else. He has eyes open and ears open. I think, exactly. the, I think the secret is listen exactly. and observe. Exactly. He's very open-minded. That is, to me, is the key. And also, of course, he's a man of a great culture, so linking mm -hmm. uh, to the past uh, certain moments, but with, with, no, with no nostalgia. No, it's not a nostalgic way. It's very much uh, reinterpreting uh, previous codes and putting them in a contemporary way. Very passionate about it. And that when you say we never look at the figures, we never discuss the figures, that's not his job, which I understand. But does that work if it doesn't work? If you see what I mean? Yeah, um, in that case, we have a bigger problem. That in says that <laughs> if the figure doesn't work, means that we, we made some mistakes in terms of strategy. And that, even if I'm going to talk to him about figures, it's not going to change the framework. It's still your job to it's still, fix it. It's still my job to fix it or to change the way in which the strategy was set. Because again, the figures are a consequence of choices from a strategic standpoint and not vice versa. In the moment in which I need to focus on figures and starting cutting out, etc., in our industry is a big issue. Yeah. It's a big issue. And when I see CEOs that are focusing on figures on the small, tiny percentage of the profit and loss, uh, you see that they, they cannot win. They cannot win. They say it's been said that you have an amazing merchandiser as well, that you yep. chose the right person. What is the relationship there? What, how, how do you want that to function? The, the, the merchandising is the, 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 last, the other person, I mean, the only person that I, 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 I asked to join me uh, yeah, after, from, uh, somewhere else. From, from somewhere else. And the, it's a specific um, personality and competence that I think is unique in the industry because apart knowing the numbers like anybody else in mm -hmm. terms of product, he is able to understand uh, with a great taste the creativity of Alessandro. So, and the idea with him is never be, you need me, do me a commercial product. It's never that, but enhance the creativity of Alessandro in a way that is acceptable for a consumer standpoint. So the relation between Alessandro and Jacopo is quite impressive because they speak the same language. And again, it's something unique. When I say there's a, a, a great dose of luck in what we did as well. That's very humble of you. No, it's true because I mean, the, the finding uh, people that are so talented and able to work together in terms of personality, you think that it could happen or could work, but until you see it really, it's not easy to say yeah. and to tell because I mean, you interview a person for like uh, maybe two times or three times for half an hour. People they can they can tell you whatever they like and they, they can pretend to be some someone else. <laughs> and so and making that happen and, and create this sense of respect between between everybody. But I, I can speak about yeah, but I can speak about Robert. Uh, the the way in which 
they work together with Alessandro, the respect between the competencies and the capability that the team has to enhance the creativity of Alessandro, one from a product standpoint, the other from a communication standpoint, and giving voices to, to persons and kids at 21, 22 years old, working in our digital team, that are free to experiment, of course, always under the, the umbrella and the control of people that are more, yeah. more seniority, because that is more, it's important as well. Because Seniority is as important as the younger generation because they have, they've been through many, many you know, fl flows of, of fashion and they have the, the capability to, uh, you know, to, 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 give, to give calm to people in certain moments where maybe something is not going in the right direction. So the two, the, two, uh, the two things, they need to work together. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> so, yeah, talking about the young kids, to, tell me about your shadow executive committee, uh -huh. which I think it's one of the brightest yeah. ideas in the industry? Um, yeah, the idea was very much to try to, to start leveraging this cultural aspect from the bottom mm -hmm. and not just from the top. And that it happened to, to be uh, decided like after 18 months, as I told you, because it was the moment for me to, to listen more to the voices and to scout maybe other talents in the company um, that were hidden. So the idea was very much to, to give the voices to people under 30, 32, um, and, and, and try to discuss with them the same topics that were discussed with my management team, and to see if the, the, the feedback and the result was, was different. But apart from that, it was a way to give voices to them and to also to talk to them and to see if um, uh, everybody was going in the same direction and were mm -hmm. able to, to create even different ideas. The, 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 the way in which uh, the younger generation is looking at things is, is very different from, uh, from, uh, from our generation. And, and the beauty of being together, I think, everybody can get the best from the other. The, of course, the most senior people, they need to understand that in certain cases, I mean, saying that you are ignorant in the, the real sense of the word, uh, I think is good because we cannot know everything, especially now. The, our, our, our purpose is very much to make sure that these people that are maybe have more ideas, so they know more in terms of competence, specific aspects, they can express themselves. Mm -hmm. And for you to understand if, uh, if, if they, they could be right or not, and to, to give them voices and to work together, then you create a team of people that are like black ops, that they work together to, to solve a problem and outside from the normal daily activity. But so is it a real committee where people are elected or chosen? Yeah, yeah. Or, and, yeah. then, and then you meet with them and your top management? Yeah, we, How does it work practically? At the beginning I chose them with a, my, my HR team and then the second, the second time we, the, we asked the people to appoint the one that they were more. So we're we, we changing all the time. Now we are in a situation with this committee, it's something that we are relating to the culture. The idea is, is to create a, because we, we, I mean, changing culture is not a mandate, but it's a movement. Mm. So we are, we are launching a big project now in terms of creating this, uh, to roll out the, the cultural uh, uh, project and the values that we, we, we try to push in the last three years to make sure that it's something that becomes very natural. It's not just led by the top, but coming from the bottom. So we try, we try to appoint people, and younger people that call, we're gonna call the catalyst or ambassador, whatever, that they want that passionately, they, they share the values everywhere in the Incredible. world, everywhere in the world, and, and, and with examples and try to, you know, to, to, to show the best testimonials of what we are trying to do at corporate level. So if, again, 
if we, so we are having someone else helping from outside, we, we just created a kind of voices, voices of inspiration of people, for example, Cleo Wade, that is a poet in the US, um, she's, um, she's sharing exactly our values and, and having someone from outside that is going to speak to our team, uh, pushing in a different way from a poetic standpoint, uh, these values and inspiring people. Fantastic. It's not just us doing it, but it's some, someone else doing it as well. So, so we, we always try to have help from some other people that are reflecting, uh, that are reflecting what we are trying to do. And who's who's finding them? I mean, it's oh. the, the young people. It's the company it, people can that be, suggest. Can be can be the young people. Of course, the communication team is, of course, is the one that knows more yeah. what's happening in the digital arena or in the cultural arena. So they, 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 they give suggestions or people that we meet because of the our committing with Chime for Change or Global Citizen. Yeah. So we meet so many interesting people that share the same value. And I think in today's world as well, because we take stance as a company, uh, it doesn't mean political stance necessarily, but we take stance for certain specific action. Uh, I think as well, the way, the moment in, uh, of, the, of the fashion industry where uh, not people they didn't take stance in terms of what was going to happen in, in, the, in, the, in the society, I think it's completely finished. Uh, the, 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 yes. It, you know, if you want to have some values, then even the action that happens in society, you need, the, the, you need to, to, to cross them together. You cannot just pretend that they're not happening, you just live in your small world. No, and I think it's, it's, it's more and more you go forward, especially for bigger company, you need to, to take stance, and you need to take risk, and you need to, to accept the fact that some people, they will not like it, they will leave you. But it's fine. Fine. But they, I mean, it's uh, we, are not, we, are not, we are not there to please everybody. No, exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's us. You like it or not, it's part of the tribe, you're not part of the tribe, that is your choice. Fine. Um, tell me about the new lab. You were telling yeah. me about this yeah. new, what is it called? The, the Art lab. Art lab. Yes. Yes, it's a, it's a space that we created recently. We opened it like in January. It's 37,000 square meter of um, a new building that we created where we merged. In Florence. In, in uh, Scandici, close to Casalina, yeah. in Florence, of course, uh, where the, 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 the root yeah. of the company is. Um, and um, we blended together the product development and the prototyping of shoes and, uh, and leather goods, so bags. I think it's the first time in history of fashion that something happened in that way. So we blended the, you know, the craftsmanship, the, the artists, etc., with the most advanced, uh, innovative um, uh, things, tools that we could, uh, we could think of in terms of development, so 3D machine or anything that robotic, etc. So blending the emotional intelligence and the, so the artificial intelligence together in order to create synergies between the two product categories that for us represent like 70-75% of our business, so it's a big chunk of the business. Yeah. And, and to us, it could really be the competitive advantage uh, for, for Gucci going forward and leaving that for the next leaders for Gucci, I think, because it's, a, uh, it's something unique and the more we go forward, the more innovation and creativity and pushing the boundaries should be the way forward. It's not just remaining where we are. So, uh, and we have a space where we, we, we buy new technology, like 3D printing, to see if it works, how it could work, just in terms of creativity or in terms of production or product development. So we are very much open. And the person that is managing it, Massimo, uh, is, is someone, very, again, very much open-minded, that is traveling all over the world, looking at different industries. We never look at our competitors, because I think 
is an old industry. Yeah. And instead, if you look at automotive or pharmaceutical or in, uh, defense uh, industries, they're so much more advanced in many aspects. So if you're able to uh, contaminate a little bit what you're doing in your business, I mean, the, the leap that you can do is, 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 is enormous. You went to Singularity University. Yeah. <laughs> yes, for I a was week. Imp I was impressed by that because I tried to go some time ago and, then, and I think that's what makes a great leader, yeah. you know, being open to different industry and yes. sciences and yeah. industrial design, and, right? Yeah. I spent the week there as a student. I mean, that's the beauty. Did you like it? I loved it. And yeah. I, I loved it. And then from there we, we asked one of them uh, the, that, uh, to, to join us and to have an off-site and to manage and to facilitate uh, with the management team, like with 60 people. Um, this way of working, this way of thinking in terms of organization, in terms of technology. So you brought one of the professors one, from there? One that wrote a beautiful book as well. That uh, It happened that I, I read it when I was uh, on holiday. I, I broke my ankles, I was obliged to read the book. <laughs> and uh, I, was sending, I was sending the pictures with all my signs to my team. So they were not <laughs> happy during, that you were during on Christmas, holiday? During Christmas, they were complaining about it. At the end, I, I bought the book for everybody, sent the book to everybody that they were supposed to what read it. What is it called? Exponential organization. They give you the idea of the way in which we want to grow going forward. forward. Yeah. But it's not just a matter of revenues and, and figures, it's very much in terms of possibilities and being open. But we don't know what's going to happen to the industry going forward. I think there are going to be some form of aggregation with other industries. It could be you know, music, celebrities, um, entertainment, media. So something's going to happen because we cannot think that we're going to stay like this forever. Uh, the world is changing too, too, fast, too fast and too quick. So we need to be open at least to understand what's happening. And I think it's a great way to look at these people, the amazing speakers, and the beauty of them is that they have different competences at the same time, the medicine, neurologist, uh, yes. historic, yeah. history. So That's it's like that is the new, the new way of thinking, it's a so broad imagination. And the fact that I had the chance to be being exposed for a week was something exceptional because you have so many things that you think of and you stay away a little bit from the daily life and daily activity that's going to kill your you know, creativity at a certain point. So you need to be able as well to, to, to think that company goes, 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 um, goes without well you. Uh, without you. <laughs> and that is something I always tell everybody. So could you switch leave, off? leave the office. Leave the office. Not, make sure that Gucci will remain. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's not going to change. But so, so you went there and then, and I think they make you experience things physically, right? It's not only yeah. lectures. There are lectures, there's some physical experience. The, 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 the structure, the quarter is in the old NASA um, structure. Yeah. Um, that's, then you experience many things about virtual reality, 3D and physical things. And who and were the others? That's interesting. Who, who the, other, the, other yeah, the other participants? The other were many. Um, nobody from nobody fashion. Nobody from fashion. Nobody from fashion. Nobody yeah. from fashion. You know, it's it's sad because it's it now. I can tell you, I I I enrolled for the for the singularity like six seven months before. Mm -hmm. And when you when you want to do something that's so far away from you, it's, like, it's going to be cool. It's going to be good. The more you get yes. closer, you say, "Oh my God, why decide to go <laughs> and spend seven days and listening <laughs> to speak?" And then in reality, you need to forge yourself. And sometimes it's the best way. Try to. Exit a bit from your comfort zone, well, the best things happen. And I know from my entire career that is the moment where I learn. And even, even doing these kind of interviews, 
Um, it's not because it's the way for me to, to talk to people. It's a way for me to think uh, aloud. I or what, or what, what I oh. do. If there's something maybe it's not feeling, I don't feel that it makes sense, then I can work on it. And, and maybe you can ask me questions that I'm not exactly the one that I'm used to, 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 to answer, and then, then I can be prepared to something else. It is, again, it's, it's, a learning, it's a learning journey all the time. But that's why I don't like to send people questions before, no. and so many people still ask it. I'm like, no, I'm going to follow. I mean, I practically didn't ask you anything. It was here no. because I no. follow you. And when you send people questions, then it's their team preparing the answers, mm. and then there's no honesty to it. Yeah. But before I let you go to your very busy life, um, I have a little question for you. When you started at Gucci, I don't know, the first month, you still had a different um, creative director. So before, I know, I know you were expecting that from me, but you started <laughs> I, and I, I, let's, I, I let's name her. Frida was still there. Yes, yes, and yeah. then suddenly one day yeah. we read that she left before you, you time. I know you and I have a little <laughs> idea of what happened, but can you tell us what really happened or you can't? Well, I can I can go on <laughs> the sense that I mean I remember that you were commenting it like yes. uh, with with what was Imran, I think. Yes. Yeah. And it you had were, just happened and uh, I said just what I thought. Yeah, I think you were right. <laughs> um, first of all, I mean, Frida was supposed to stay until the um, uh, women's show at the end of February. So uh, another two months, right? Thought, it was doing, the, doing the men and doing the, mm -hmm. the women. And that to me was, was good. It was agreed together with Francois Ri that it made sense to finish the collection. She was there for a long time, so it was a way as well to, to, to close in a, in a good way. Uh, it's put in this way. What I learned and what I heard uh, in that period uh, in, the, in, the, in the design team, the reaction naturally was not exactly positive from her and, uh, and also some comments about my leadership or personality. But she was also married to with, uh, with, uh, the, the, yeah, CEO, the outgoing with Patricio. CEO. So. And uh, so, and, uh, in parallel, I met Alessandro. So the two things together made me think, you know what, I cannot work with someone that doesn't respect me or like what I do, that is fine. I mean, it's, it's part of life, it's part of the business life. Uh, so when I met Alessandro and then we went through the process of the strategy, we worked together for like two weeks uh, during the holidays. So when I came back, I mean, there were five days remaining for the men's show. And I felt that it was the moment for me to say, you know what, I prefer to make a risk and doing a show in five days and wait for six months and spending time in a situation that I don't like. I'm too old to stay in, a, in, a, in, a, in an ambience where people don't respect me for any reason, for my fault or for someone else's fault because they took a decision. I mean, I, do, I didn't take the decision, I was someone appointed to, to, to manage. And, you know, I prefer to take a risk that is a big risk because nobody did a show in five days, I think, in history or fashion. But Alessandro was fine with that. I uh, was fine with that. So, so I spoke to the, to the person saying, look, I mean, I, we prefer, I prefer to stop it now than going forward. And, you know, I think at the end, uh, it's been the right decision because Alessandro, in five days, didn't have too much time to think. He really brought really forward, yeah. forward what he had in mind without thinking too much. And but it, only machines as big as yours could produce. Absolutely. What <laughs> Again, what we said before, I mean, the Gucci power is in any aspect. So all the artists and the product development that they work for Alessandro to produce the collection in five days was a huge effort, but the result was quite astonishing. And, but, 
And again, the, the, I remember the, the, the night before the show, Alessandro called me and he asked me, he showed me the looks of the collection, and he asked, what do you think? And my take was, uh, you need to go extreme. So I was picking the, the, the one that bought the street. I knew that we were not going to sell. Because it, but yeah. the, the message needed to be clear. I didn't care about sales. Oh, it time. was clear. I can tell you. It was very no, but we needed but exactly. It was yes. exactly, and in fact, in that collection, we versus the previous season, we lost five, 50 percent of the business, five zero. But that was not the reason why uh, we needed to change it to be become so-called commercial. We really need to be super focused to give a message that was absolutely clear. And then from there we started to build around the collection and the aesthetic and the codes and the value and the colors and the texture and all the rest. Well, I think that was the best risk you've ever taken in your of career. Of course, no doubt. Thank you so much Thank you. for being with us. Thank you.